Hey everyone, welcome to part two of the 2021 Strictly Hoop Talk edition of the NBA Awards. I got my boy Josh on this podcast, and look, I'm not going to keep this promo as long as the last one. Um, I want to keep it short and brief, but uh, this is part two where we dive into the all-defense first and second teams. We dive into the defensive player of the year, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, most improved get into all of that of course the first part uh, which if you haven't listened to it yet is the MVP all three NBA teams and um, like a rookie of the year as well so check out that podcast to get the the rest of the awards and later this week I will be doing another podcast with Josh actually once again as we fill out our brackets for the NBA playoffs live on the podcast for you uh, may even do that live on Instagram too as well. Not entirely sure how that's going to go. I'm still kind of planning that. But there will be another podcast coming this week on the Strictly Hoop Talk side uh, because I know I've been absent these last couple months. It's been it's been a lot of rebranding, refiguring things out with the podcast, figuring out new directions, looking for new challenges with the podcast and ways to take it to new levels. And so I think I've found something here. So that being said, again, Strictly Hoop Talk, another episode coming Friday. Uh, that will be after the play-in tournaments, games. Um, we'll, we'll be recording that and talking about the talking about our playoff bracket and making predictions and basically filling out our entire 2021 playoff brackets. Now, as far as the Strictly Hip Hop side, of course, I'm going to be coming to you very soon with a J. Cole uh, album review of the offseason. For now, if you want just a quick taste of my thoughts, go hit my Instagram and Imperial Media's Instagram as well. I have a new show on there called The Wave. And The Wave is essentially just a quick hitting Instagram slash YouTube uh, kind of bite-sized segments breaking down the latest stuff in hip-hop, the most important stuff in hip-hop. So this one is a, is a couple-minute clip of me breaking down my thoughts after one weekend of sitting with the J. Cole new album, The Off Season. You'll definitely want to check that out because I definitely have some strong takes on there that I'm curious to see how all Cole fans feel about it. And uh, yeah, also the live stream. The live stream I've been doing with Imperial. Uh, shout out to the live stream. It's been growing. Um, the engagement in the audience. So I've done it two weeks now and each week, um, you know, I've, I've set numbers that were higher than what I expected and the turnout's been great. Uh, it's fun. I've had people pop in the chats and I've created some interesting conversations and it's really just a way for me to talk about the new music that comes out but really just kind of give the platform to everyone and let them kind of let me engage with you kind of you know do more than what the podcast does where when I put this out you know I get your I get your comments I get your feedback but this is something where uh, it's live in the moment I'm just drinking beers hanging out with my friends listening to music and talking with you all in the in the chat so it's a very fun thing to do, and, I, and I'm glad that I've started it. It's been a, an idea of mine for a very long time, and it's just now about executing it. And so far, like I said, every Friday, 8 p.m., it's been great. It's been growing each time, and I look forward to it this week. We'll see what drops we get. We might not get a J. Cole album or something the equivalent. We definitely won't, but we'll, we'll definitely have some things to talk about in the, in the chat, and uh, it'll be just a fun way to hang out and really just talk to everyone. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RealChrisPlatty, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. I know you know how to spell real. Um, with that being said, let's get to today's episode, man. I got Josh in the building with me talking NBA awards part two. Let's go. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk, part two of this podcast. Returning yes. to the podcast is the man, no myth, most certainly a legend. Little big back shots. <clears throat> no, definitely not that, Josh. You know, you go down in podcast history for something we we won't say on here, but let's just say the last time you were on the pod before before part one was a uh, was a legendary moment to say the least. And went went deeper than the podcast, so <laughs> more than a podcast. That was that was definitely more than a podcast, and um, you know, I'm excited for this podcast. You know, but before we get to a podcast, I do have to claim that you know I won our fantasy basketball league, so I need you to congratulate me on air. <laughs> congratulations, Zach Levine! You were on that team. Congratulations! Congratulations to my sixth best player. Congratulations to Zach Levine. I didn't finish my last. My sixth best player. I didn't finish last. That all. That's all that matters. <laughs> I didn't finish last. And you actually got over on me. I did. In a trade. And it was the wild trade that y'all tried to disrespect me on <laughs> in a few podcasts ago. But yeah, it wasn't that crazy of a deal now in hindsight. DeJounte Murray for LeBron, I will say, did not work out the best for me, but it worked out enough. And I still won the championship. You, were you still do it ten times out of ten. It's yeah, LeBron. I was say, you, you do, but you take the was, risk that you're getting LeBron. Your team was so stacked that it didn't matter <laughs> if LeBron was there or not. You were gonna win. <laughs> Having LeBron there wasn't gonna stop you from smacking everybody. Next year, though, watch. Mark my words. Next year podcast, I'm gonna do some big things. I doubt that. Doubt that, man. Listen, let's get to these awards because. I'm excited for the award season. This one is fun because it's just it's harder than all the other years. It's because of the shortened season, because of the COVID protocols, it's messy. And you know, honestly, if I was one of the people that had like an actual vote that mattered that actually impacted some of these players, uh, like some of these decisions could have ramifications upwards of like thirty million dollars on some players' contracts and all of that stuff. So Without that pressure, this is very fun. But with that pressure, I'm sure it's very stressful if you, you know, care and are trying to make the right basketball decisions. I but we're no, here. I have. No, I would have had no remorse. I'd have sent mine in anonymously. <laughs> they wouldn't have found out it was me. Like that one dude that said, that voted for AI yeah. in, the, in the Shaq MVP season. Is like, yeah. what do you want me to do? I'm from Philly. <laughs> what do you, you expect, man? I like I, I like AI. I'm sorry. That's crazy, man. But listen, we're here. We kicked off the last podcast with the All-NBA teams, so I think we should kick it off with the All-Defense teams on this side. This podcast, we are doing uh, All-Defensive Teams, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, and Most Improved on the last podcast. If you missed it, we did All-NBA, all three teams. We did MVP and Rookie of the Year. So rounding this out, we'll start with the All-Defense teams. Josh... Do you want me to take the four on this, or you want to go first on the? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go All first. Right. I'll say Let's both. I'll say both my teams. All right. Yeah. Do both your teams. Yeah. So for my first team, my center is going to be Rudy Gobert. Obvious. My forward. One of my forwards is going to be Draymond Green. Okay. The other forward is going to be Jimmy Butler. Okay. And my two guards will be Ben Simmons and Drew Holiday. And that'll be my first team for all defense. Okay. My second team, my center will be Joel Embiid. My two forwards is Giannis and OG Ano Anobi. Yeah, yeah. Like Ananobi. Ananobi. OG. He's just the OG. 
Shout out my guy, Leo, who covers the Raptors. Big OG, big OG. And then my two guards is going to be Michael Bridges and Matisse Thibault. So, a lot of Sixers, a lot of Sixers out here. Yeah. I had just the same amount of Sixers, but some slight variations. Our first team was almost the exact same. It, I had the guards as Drew Holiday and Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is easily second of the year in defensive player of the year race. Yeah, I uh, agree. love Ben Simmons for that. Jimmy Butler I is my four, one of my two forwards because I think he's just had an amazing, amazing season at, from a defensive perspective. Giannis, I still have in the first team just because I think that what he can do physically is so is so dominating. And it's just very interesting. Obviously, my center is Rudy Gobert as my first team center. My second team, I have Joel Embiid as my center. Then I have Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard as my forwards. Cool. And I have uh, Matisse Thybul, the 76ers, so rounding out the three 76ers you also have. And my other, my last guard is Marcus Smart, because the thing is, so I flipped a lot between Giannis and Draymond first team. We would have almost had the exact same first team. We would have. You ruined this. We and had something beautiful going. We did, and we did. And here's here's what it comes down to: Draymond Green can never be Ben Wallace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out, Hall- shout out, my guy. Ha- happy happy- Hall-, Hall of Fame. We've been waiting. Listen, We've Hall of waiting. Famer Ben Wallace. It feels so good to say it. Congrats to you, Big Ben. Yes. Fear the fro forever. Never forget that there are pictures of me. Thank God they're not circulating on the internet because I wasn't on the internet. But there are pictures of me wearing the Ben Wallace like fake wig afro. And obviously, if you know anything about what I look like or what I looked like as a child, it's uh, yeah, looks goofy. But ultimately, when it came to the Giannis and Draymond debate, it was like Draymond is a smarter defender. And he looks, and he looks like he's pretty much, you know, he he hasn't fallen off that much physically. But I just look at Giannis, and I look at what he does, and I'm I'm just like, dude, the way he protects the rim, uh, the, the way he he his just his size, the way he dominates. Like Draymond is a smarter defender than Giannis at this point in their careers. So I'm not mad at you going Draymond, but I just think if I'm taking a defender, I want Giannis because of Giannis's size to be able to like he can legitimately be on Joel Embiid for for a moment, and you know like and nobody's really stopping Joel Embiid. He's just way too dominant, but he can hold his own versus Draymond can Draymond can do a good job on on Joel Embiid even though he's much more undersized. But again, he's given up a lot of size, and it's gonna be easier for Embiid. So. I think there's just certain things that Giannis can do more. I just tend to lean. I usually tend to lean more, uh, more IQ than physical tools when it comes to defense because I think that's so much of what it is. But I went against my, I went against my greater judgment and I picked Giannis over, over Draymond Green. But I'm not mad at that. The differences in our sec, in our, uh, in our second team, OG Ananobi. I had as one of my honorable men. I had three honorable mentions. I had OG Ananobi, LeBron, and Bam. No, Bam. Yeah, because bro, if you look at that defense, that Lakers defense, what they've done this year. I mean, obviously LeBron missed a significant portion, which is why he he's not on my team. He would have replaced Kawhi Leonard to me. But the thing is, is like you watch LeBron, and yeah, he's not guarding the best player, but he's basically being the free safety of the defense and allowing just LeBron James's IQ to just be maximized and he's just been an absolutely insane defender 
all the advanced numbers, if you look at them, you know, really support that LeBron is a hugely impactful defender at this stage in his career. Again, he's he's a different defender. He's not guarding the best player. He's rather he's guarding one of the weaker players or one of the players that moves the least amount so that he can so that he can float around and and move around and just be this ultimate free safety that like we've never seen really on a defense before. So he was close. OG was close because I think there's a good argument to Ben Simmons versus OG Ananobi. Who's a better perimeter defender? Like one of those two is probably the best in the league. Yeah. But ultimately, I I went with Kawhi because I just feel like I just feel like you know Kawhi hasn't looked right since he's been on the Clippers. Like he hasn't looked like Toronto Kawhi since he's been on the Clippers at all, really. But I still just think I still think of you know that last year in San Antonio and that first year in Toronto. And I, I and I see glimpses of it enough to be like, all right, it's still there. That guy who will just steal the ball from you four possessions in a row and show no facial, uh, no facial expression. So I, I went with Kawhi. I know that there's probably a good argument for OG, but I went with Kawhi there, and it's a little bit more of past reputation. But I, I just think that he's a phenomenal, phenomenal defender, and I still think that he's got that level and. And when we look at it, when we're drafting the best defenders in the league, I just can't see us going ten picks without Kawhi Leonard. So that mm. that's why that's why I took him. Maurice Thibault, we agreed on, and Marcus Smart. Who was your other guard? Because I had Marcus Smart, and you had somebody else. I had Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is an excellent defender. But much so. I think Marcus Smart just. I think we've seen it time and time again. Like what he does. On the uh, and on the big stages and the playoffs and everything, he just he is just an absolute pest. He's all over the floor. He's drawing charges. He's throwing his body around. I think Mikael Bridges is is just a step below that. You know, I'm so I, I I'm not surprised that he's get that Mikael Bridges is getting all defensive considerations because he's a very very good defender. But I find it I find it a little odd that he's that he's going to be one of the guards or forwards on a lot of people's ballot. I think a lot of that is just because of how successful Phoenix has been, and he's their best defender. He is. So, I, I, I don't know. I can't, really, I can't really rock with that decision. But overall, not too many differences in our, in our list. Um, did you have any honorable mentions that you were considering, or, not, or was, was it pretty much clear that those were the 10 you wanted to go with? Yeah, that was the 10 that I was really rocking with. Okay. Then let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year because we kind of circled that conversation, and I think I kind of led into where I was at. I went with Rudy Gobert. I mean, simply put, the Jazz are 11 points better with him than when he's off the court defensively. Like, offensive score 11 less points when he's on the court. He's just an absolute monster, um, and he's just been he's just been phenomenal. On the defensive end, he does all the things that Rudy Gobert has always done, and he's done it at a very high level. And my number two is Ben Simmons because he can guard almost anybody at an unbelievable level. Like I watched him just absolutely clamp up Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard, as you and I both know, and it's everybody just, should know if they don't already. I don't think Dame Lillard's underrated anymore. But not at all. He's not. He's not at all underrated anymore. But looking at Dame Lillard and knowing what Dame can do. And watching what Ben Simmons did to him, it was crazy. I mean, there was a four-possession sequence. And this was a couple months ago. This was, I believe, in March. March or February, where Ben Simmons is just hounding, 
hounding Dame Willard, and Dame Willard could not even barely get the ball past half court. Couldn't even breathe. And Dame Willard is one of the best scorers in this game, period, and one of the best scorers of all time. So for for Ben Simmons to do that, like it was just it just showed me. And he's done that multiple times throughout the year. So he's really, really stepped up defensively and credit to him. He's realized that his role on Philly, like a big part of their success has to be him being the absolute best defender he could possibly be because of his offensive limitations and how he doesn't necessarily fully fit with Joel Embiid. Um, those are my one and twos, Rudy and Ben. Uh, did you have the same? Or Yeah. Is I, there anybody you think deserves to be third in the consideration? Uh, my third, after those two, would probably be Bam Adebayo. He's really, he really came through for Miami when they were struggling. He kept he kept him uh, anchored, kept him steady. And he had Jimmy on the wing protecting, uh, no, guarding the guards and stuff. But, yeah, Bam was protecting. That's kind of my case against Bam. Like, Ooh. it's just because of how well Jimmy helped. Like, Bam is a great defender, obviously. I mean, you and I know yes. th- through our conversations how high I am on Bam. Very much so. But I think that I think that Miami um, defense is obviously built around, around Bam and Jimmy's in- incredible defensive talents. But I think that those two kind of – really help each other a third for me if anything is uh would be would be Giannis or would be Giannis or Draymond you think Giannis is back at it again I just think Giannis is absolutely phenomenal on on the defensive end and I think he I think the last season you know you could argue that he shouldn't have won defensive player of the year I think he should have won defensive player of the year last year I was okay with that I just think that with Giannis he he became a bit underrated this year in terms of in terms of uh, both his MVP case and his Defensive Player of the Year case, I think he's still just as good defensively. Like the numbers check out, he's pretty much the same. And when I watch him, I just I I see just an absolute wrecking ball on defense that can that can literally do almost anything. You know, he can't guard the perimeter players as well as Ben Simmons or defend the the rim as well as Gobert, but he's like the closest like best hybrid of that you can possibly be. So I have him. I have him third. They don't want to see Giannis win anymore after the last year playoffs. But Giannis honestly had another MVP caliber season. He did. He did. And a defensive player of the year caliber season as well. Exactly. But man, listen, we've been talking about defense. Let's jump to let's jump to offense. Let's talk about buckets for a second. Finally. Let's My talk about topic. buckets. Yeah, My best topic. Listen, I play I play basketball with this man. I know I know exactly what kind of what kind of game he's about. Big let's buckets. talk. Yeah, let's talk six man of the year. Basically, the award that's literally just given to who's the person who scores the most points off the bench. Now, exactly. over time, I think last the last couple of years the NBA has gotten smarter. The voters have gotten smarter, and they try to factor in okay, who's just the absolute most impactful six man in the league. And this year, my top three, I have Derrick Rose third. Mm. I have Montrez Harrell second. And I have, by far, I think, Jordan Clarkson first. All right. And my honorable mention, who was fourth that didn't make the cut, would have been Joe Ingles. Okay. Where are you at with, with sixth man of the year? All right. So our list is not the same at all. Not similar, but one person. Our number one is the same. I think Jordan Clarkson's a win it. My number two, I can't lie, his teammate, Joe Ingles, baby. 
Joe Ingles is great. He's been going he been going crazy off the bench. He's been doing his thing and I mean he get pushed to the bench and now they are one seed. I'm just saying. It's adding up. And then but my number three is Tim Hardaway. He's been balling pretty good off the bench too. He has. He's a he's a, a few good 40 candidate. Balls this he's game. somebody he's somebody that I've looked at uh when I was when I was considering my list and ultimately he made it pretty far on my list before getting cut. I believe he I believe he was like top five top seven somewhere in my in my voting i really like i really like what he's done that's a good call um i just love how i i talked about the nba and six man of the year and it being this award that's kind of changing now and yet with that i went with the guy who just would have traditionally won it every year jordan clarkson like the jamal crawford yes. light uh, yes. and he had an awesome year he tailed off a little bit and joe ingles kind of surged which you know, it's interesting and speaks a lot to Utah to be able to have two six man of the year candidates. I think is a I think is a is a good sign for them and should hopefully bode well for them in the playoffs. But yeah, Jordan Carson to me, I mean, he's just been phenomenal this year. I forget what his average is. I had it right in front of me and I slipped it. He's just on a different level. Let's see here. I'll look it I'll look it up. But he's been phenomenal this year and and he definitely you know, it's crazy that he's never that he's never gotten one before it, this. It is, but you gotta think all all the people who won it before would you have put picking like Montrez last year was going crazy. Yeah. Until the bubble happened. Yeah. And so was Lou Will and yeah. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. I'm just saying they were going so I couldn't even give it to him that year. Eighteen point four points per game on three point one threes made with two and a half assists, four rebounds, a steal in twenty six minutes. He was going crazy. Yes, he was. He had some forty-point games in the season. He had a lot of thirties. He he really did his thing, and he he stepped up a lot, especially with uh, especially with Donovan Mitchell's absence. And I think that you know he's up and down. It's just cur- I'm just curious in in the playoffs. You know, Jordan Clarks is always that case to me. Like, you know, if he's your sixth man, are you actually a title contender? Just because. You know he has that he has that volatileness that like isn't that all six men though that's why they're six usually men? yeah I mean yeah that's a good point but I mean aren't you concerned that Jordan Clarkson is going to be one of like one of like the two or three options touching the ball in the final minutes of maybe of maybe a finals or Western Conference Finals game if Utah reaches the the level that they want to reach. Yeah, I would agree. Him being my second or third option would bother me pretty. Well, yeah, bother me heavily. Exactly. But, anyways, congrats to you for being sixth man of the year. Yes. And yes. I think you'll. And I think he'll win this award. You I were think. on my fantasy team. I believed in you from the beginning. That is true. That is true. But your his your numbers were basically wasted because it was a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Yes. 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 <laughs> let's not let's not sweat the small stuff. Okay, let's do. Let's do, we'll end with coach of the year. So let's do most improved and then coach of the year and get out of here. So most improved, I think this is another obvious one. I'll let you go first because <laughs> I think, I think our, our one, I think our one should be the same. I really think that there's just an absolute clear case for who should be one. But I also think there's a very clear case on who should be two, but I don't know if we have the same two. So why don't you give me your second first and then, and, and then your first. All right, so the person who I think should win is uh Michael Porter Jr. No, nah, I'm, j- yeah. nah, I'm joking. Hell I'm no. joking. 
Uh, Shout out to every 2K season simulation I ever do. He always wins most improved. Yes. No, but for real though, my most improved has to be Julius Randle. Mm -hmm. He's going to be an all-NBA. He went from not making an all-star team the previous year to giving the Knicks to the fourth seed. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be... And being an all-star, and for sure all-NBA, it would be crazy for him not to win most improved. Absolutely. Then my number two probably has to be Jeremy Grant. Cause he okay, went, so we do agree. Okay, yeah, he went from a role player in Denver to a 20-plus point scorer in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I was rocking with him. I didn't think... We, at first, I didn't think he deserved 60 mil, but he shoved me up real quick the way he been balling out. He does. And then my number three, though, for real, would be Michael Porter. I was thinking about... He, he deserves he deserves consideration. He was on my short list. Like, I knew it was always going to be Jeremy Grant and Julius Randle. It was just no question. Yes. But I wanted to kind of dig deeper with the award and be like, all right, like, you know, who are some other names that I looked at? And Michael Porter was one that came up for me pretty much instantly. I was th- I was thinking Christian Wood, but he was hurt. He missed a lot of time. That's why I was like, uh, and Michael Porter's relatively healthy. Like, I don't, th- like, this is crazy how healthy he was, especially after, like, mm-hmm. what happened to him. The- you know who's the- a sneaky candidate? Terry Rozier. Yeah, you're right, actually. Terry Rozier played very well this he year. Did. I mean, aren't his numbers similar, though, from the past two years? I'm you thinking know, last year numbers honestly, were probably similar. I don't know what his numbers were last year versus what they were this year. I think they were like 18 points uh, last year to like 20 points. Look that up for me real quick because I honestly don't remember his last year numbers. But this year, I mean, he just, even if he didn't improve statistically, like he just he just became what seemed like a more efficient score and a more helpful player. Like last year, that Charlotte Hornets team was bad. And this year, they got all the way to the play-in and then, Got smacked by the Pacers, so, you know, congrats to the Pacers. He went from 18 last year to 20 this year. Yeah, but I bet you the— Paul Jones and Dot, I'm cold. I I bet you the—was the percentages a lot more efficient? Uh, I wouldn't say a lot more, but they were definitely more efficient. Okay. Definitely more efficient. He made a he made a pretty good jump. Yeah, Yeah, he did. you know, ultimately, it came down to Julius Randle and Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant— Wait, who was your third? My third was my third was probably Michael Porter. Oh, okay, I had to make sure MJP. Like, yeah, he. I drafted you too. I drafted. I believed in you from the start as well. Look at Josh is drafting all the players that that improved. I'm the goat. <laughs> but you didn't draft the players that won. I drafted the players uh, that won, like Julius Randle. Uh, Shout out my boy Julius Randle. Thank you. Big uh, part of my dub this season. Oh no! Now that I think about it, a person who we could have also thrown in there. Was Zach Levine? He also improved tremendously, very no. much so. No, he his actually effi- regressed. His efficiencies were top he, notch this year. It was crazy. He he almost pulled a fifty forty ninety. He was really close. He was off. By, he was off by uh some percents on the free throw side side of it. How dare you mention Zach Levine before Ish Smith? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you bring his name up? Shout out Ish Smith, man. I forgot. I watched him tonight in the Wizards Boston playing game, and I forgot how much I loved him when he was on the Pistons. What a what a great backup point guard to have in the NBA. But listen, when it came to the most improved, you're right. Julius Randle made the hardest jump you could possibly make from being a a good a a good player that got good numbers but didn't win to a player that 
became all NBA and actually was a leader and impacted his team to winning. That's the hardest jump. Like I'll never forget Curry's unanimous MVP season where there was a there was a strong group of people arguing that Curry should be most improved as well because you know, he he jumped from from the highest tier which is MVP to just another another tier that's even above that. And when you get to those higher tiers, it's so much harder to make those jumps. And that's what I hope most improved continues to be because I think in, in a, we've had a history of just going, who's the guy who played two minutes a game last year who was a uh, who was a rookie to who's the guy who now played 22 minutes a game and, and put up 16 points yeah. and was kind of good on a team that was bad and didn't do anything. Like I like that Julius Randle got most improved. And going forward, I think that these type of players should get that, uh, that consideration way more often. Jeremy Grant... He made, obviously, an incredible jump as well, going from a role player to a number one option. He slowed down during the end of the year. I think part of that was the Pistons uh, was the Pistons kind of playing it safe and tanking and all that. But he also talked about just the physical toll in many interviews. Jeremy Grant talked about just, the, just getting hit every night and getting everybody's best shot every night just kind of wore him down. So he's actually working on the offseason, getting stronger um, so that he can add more, add more muscle to his frame and, and take the hits. And... He made a he made a jump from a role player to a number one guy, but you know obviously the Pistons are, have the second worst record in the league. So like as they should, as they as they should, they we, didn't have we, much. We're going we're gunning from K we're gunning for K Cunningham six eight PG. Listen man, we want you K. We want you K. Please, if not, it's all good. Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, we we killed it in this year's draft. Shout out Saban Lee as well, yeah. and we could have had Kevin Porter Jr. We could have had him. But we traded that pick. But anyways, it was a good it was a good draft for the Pistons, and the future for once is is very very exciting. But you know, most improved to me was just those two two names. It wasn't really anything else that I could have really considered. Coach of the year is interesting. Let's finish with coach of the year here. All right, give me your top three. All right, you ready? I'm ready. All right, my to- my top three. You want me to go three to one or one to three? Well, last time I told you to go two to one and you went one to two. So that's true. I'm done. I'm done. You just go the, the order you think is best for you. All right. For my second, my second one, I got time. <laughs> You're going to go second, third, and one? Damn. He called me out on this. Man, listen. Uh, just do it. Just do it. All right. Let's hear your second. Let's my hear your second, second is Tom Thibodeau. Okay. My first, ooh, plot twist, Monty <laughs> Williams. Yeah, you thought you okay. had me. And my third was Quinn Snyder. Okay. And you. Oh, and then honorable mentions goes to uh, Nate McMillan for Atlanta. He did his thing too. That's a very good. That's a very good honorable mention. Yes, very much so. Um, very, very good one. Uh, I think another honorable mention. I think we should toss out there, Steve Nash. Listen, bro, that yeah, team that K- team never had its its players together all season. You have KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. Yeah, but what you but they had like win. they had like seven games of them all together. Uh but you still had a lot of games where one or the other was there. So I'm just saying Nah, I'm not giving He had know. a he had like a hundred and eighty five lineups that he <laughs> rolled out this season. He uh-huh. signed he used like the maximum amount of ten day contracts, like 
you know, shout out Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown played incredible for Brooklyn this year. Hey, shout out the that one guy James who they picked up. Yeah, Mike they, James. Yeah, Mike James. He led. He had. He was in the involved in the greatest play of the year. Oh my God! That play was legendary. what a nasty, what a nasty oh my play. Gosh. It reminds me honestly of uh. Uh, street basketball volume two. The way yeah, they were moving it. That's game breaker. That that yes. was a game breaker one. That was game breaker two. Yes, that was the deluxe game you breaker. The, you you can feel the where music the screen went yellow. The yeah, screen went golden yellow. Gold yellow. Yeah. You hear the? Oh my gosh! And he break the rim. Osmosis Jones passing the stretch. Bro, oh my god. <laughs> Man, yeah. what a game! Shout out, shout out, Biggie Little too. Yes, yes. One of the, oh, the, the original handle god. Oh yeah. Also, Smally Biggs. That, that was a character name on the game too. Yeah, shout him out too. Was it? No, that was the name, Biggie Lil. I could, I could have sworn his name was Smally Biggs. <laughs> Am I tweaking? Smally Biggs sounds so terrible. It do. It sounds goofy. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna prove you wrong at that. I'm sick. Don't do. Nah, don't do this to me. I don't want to be disrespected. NBA Street. Dang. Yeah, bro. Biggie Lil. Biggie Little, bro. Bro. Hold up. Dog, he was not Smalley Biggs, bro. I promise. Hey, you. wait, that's a real person though. I found out. Oh, is he a rapper? What, 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 what? Dog, Biggie Lowe's is a fictional play, uh, a fictional basketball player in the NBA Street franchise. Okay, so, then, so some Smalley Big guys, uh, a <laughs> random different person from something else. Hey, God, I, I don't even want to know. Yeah, but listen, don't to worry about it. What were we talking about? <laughs> I genuinely lost my trade thought. Oh, the game breaker play, Brooklyn yeah, Nets, Steve yeah, Nash. Coach, it all came back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, he deserves consider he doesn't deserve to be top three, but he deserves to be like top five. Uh, who, who, he just had a job he just had the toughest job all season. He had Kyrie disappear on him twice. True. Although the second let let me be the first publication, the first place <laughs> I've ever heard say why Kyrie was gone the second time. Kyrie was gone for the birth of his child. It's funny how nobody says that. Everybody just says, oh, yeah, Kyrie just disappeared again. It was the birth of his child. His freaking stop child. Trying to, ch- stop trying to slander Kyrie. I'm not with the Kyrie slander. Kyrie, I believe in Flat Earth, too. Okay, that I'll slander. Oh. But <laughs> that I'll slander. <laughs> I'm lying, guys. Please don't come at me. Don't at me. Or do at me. Listen. I don't know. Listen, the flat earthers, that's the community. If we could tap into that market with this podcast, we yes. might be we might be going somewhere. We might be making we bank. Might, I might be bank. doing strictly strictly flat earth t shirts. Yeah. Strictly flat earth podcast, strictly yeah. flat earth merch coming to you soon. No. My my three was the same as your three. As it should have been as but it should have been. I had a slight switch. Oh. It was the two and the three. My number one is Monty Williams. Okay, okay, that makes sense. I just think that Phoenix, they were looked at as a team that was like 8th to 6th in the West, maybe even as worst as like 10th, but yep. they ended up but they ended up with the number 2 and they were fighting for one all season, and I think that that was a harder jump than Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks took because the Knicks even though they were expected to be bad, ended up being a four seed in the East is a hell of an improvement and a, amazing credit to Tibbs. But also, it was the East, and I feel like yeah. the harder jump was from was from ten to two in the West than like twelve to four in the East. I mean, let's just you know keep what I'm it, saying. Let's just keep it a buck. Two two is high. Two is better than four in terms of placement. That's true too. They finish higher. They just finish higher. So you got the math checks out. Oh, but yeah, Quinn I had Quinn Snyder, Snyder third. 
I mean, he did get the first seed. Because I also think that he got the first seed, but also the Jazz were a team of continuity. Like, they were one of the only teams that didn't make a drastic change this year. That's true. And that and that and that is easier to coach. Now, granted, again, he coached at a very high level. He got them to the one seed. Um, you know, they, they fought through adversity with, the, obviously, the Donovan Mitchell injury and all of that. But... They, he's figured out their rotations. He's gotten he's gotten the juice back in Mike Conley. So he, there's yeah, a lot of things he de- there's a lot of year. things he deserves credit for. Obviously, which is why I have him third on the list. But the I do think that the continuity, <laughs> the continuity made. I gave him you at least number two, Quinn. I gave you at least number two. Also, like maybe maybe top two scariest coach ever, and he's not two. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he can be a hit. Like he was a hitman in his past. No. That man looks like when he gets mad, like he puts on glasses and turns into Liam Neeson. He's like, "That's what I'm saying." I know where you live. That's what I I'm will saying. find you. Ah, that yeah, I'm not messing with no. He no turns to the NBA smoke. coach version. Matter of fact, John that's Wick. my coach of the year. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not playing with. He's it. gonna pull up on the podcast. Like, I'm not playing change with your him. Mind. He is lethal. But yeah, man, I think there's a lot of. I think there was a lot of good coaching this year overall. I really don't think that there was. Um, there's many teams that had bad coaches, uh, except for you yeah, know, it was like, uh, yeah, except for a few organizations, I which like, I want to drag them through. Uh, the Nate McMillan was a good, was a very good mention of yours as well yes, uh, yes. On, on the podcast because he really, he really did save like a ship that was absolutely yeah. sinking. They were like not even in playoff contention to randomly just get into just the five seed, winning like, like nine. I think it was nine in a row or eight. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, I thought that was the Knicks. No, that was well. That was recently the Knicks won nine in a row. But Atlanta did that too. But Atlanta did that when they first took over with Nate, uh, Nate McMillan. Literally, a Nate McMillan got uh, or got promoted, and they immediately went like nine and zero. He's a good coach. He Indiana is. shouldn't have fired him because look where they at now. Yeah. Look where they at now. That's what they get. Atlanta passing Indiana in the standings. And who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? Not me. Exactly. Not me either. I thought Victor Oladipo. I had Atlanta. To work. I had Atlanta right at the edge of the playing tournament to start the season yeah i had i think i said i had atlanta in the playoffs at the beginning of the year um one of my i know none of us had new york in even the playing tournament let alone the fourth seed let alone home court advantage yeah that's gonna be a fun series man that that's gonna be the best series to watch to me out of all the playoff series probably that's gonna be the most close one where i'm like i really don't know because the other ones i'll have an idea but that one i really honestly don't know i don't i don't know either and we're filling out brackets on the side, which, you know, we should come back and do that for a pod. We should do that. We should do that live. Like, like we have our brackets filled out, and then and then we and then we read them here on the pod before the playoffs start. You down for that? Hey, hey, a whole bunch of brackets, a whole bunch of brackets, all that. Lakers in five. <laughs> That's all that matters. Lakers I thought five. you was going to rhyme it with like pay your taxes or something. No, nah, no, nah, Lakers and five. That's all I have to come back to. Okay. Lakers and five. Okay, Lakers and five. We'll see. We'll see. I might not go that route. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Listen, this is a good podcast. If you missed it, part one talked again. All NBA teams, all three of those teams, MVP and rookie of the year. This one we capped off the rest. We'll be back to do playoff stuff in a week. So. Um, or less than a week, we'll, we'll we'll probably do a few days before the games start on Saturday. So we'll be back to kick off some some playoff predictions, oh, wait, and then on the hip hop side, we'll have some more stuff as well. I got it. I got it. Okay, okay, I got it. What is it? It's a few. It's a few sticks. 
a whole bunch of bricks, Lakers and six. There we go. There we go. That's, there's the bar. I dropped the bar. Man, first. we're hanging up this podcast. Listen, everyone, thank you for tuning in. You guys know where to find me on all of the social medias, at Real Chris Platty. Thank you, my boy Josh, for coming on the podcast. As always, I enjoy talking hoops with you. And truth be told, this is really no different than what we do when we hang out anyways. Yeah, we just talk is, hoops and hoops and rap. Exactly, so exactly what we spend our time doing. <laughs> hours and hours when I'm here all so the let's, time. So let's end the podcast and get back to talking more hoops. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, you know, I'm excited. Got a lot of new podcasts coming and a lot of other content as well. So again, stay tuned to Real Chris Platty on Instagram and Twitter for all of the latest on that. Until the next pod, I'll see you later. Have a good one. Peace.